Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 364. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. A lot of good stuff to get to today. Uh, first things first, we're going to talk about the uh, festivities for the uh, All-Star guys over the weekend uh, in the NBA world. Yeah, so we had the All-Star weekend in uh, Indiana this year. Um, and I mean, before we get into the game, which is I think is the biggest story that people have been talking about, uh, there is the other stuff. Um, I know we watched the three-point contest and dunk contest. There's the the Rising Stars Challenge. I didn't watch any of that, but uh, I know an Indiana guy won the MVP there, Benedict Matherin, so that was nice. Uh, then they had the, the Skills Challenge where the Pacers made up a team, and they won that as well. So that was uh, nice for the hometown fans, but you could tell that the other teams weren't trying, especially Team Top Pick, which was made up of former number one overall picks, uh, Victor Wembanyama, Anthony Edwards, and uh, Paolo Benchero. Uh, Edwards decided to shoot the three left-handed uh, and missed all of them, so they were, you know, eliminated there. Um, multiple people didn't go on the right side of the, uh, basically doing like a cone drill, but with like uh, virtual people. I don't know, like like actually like gun targets more, more <laughs> like uh, wasn't a cone. Um, the other thing about this whole weekend is the video floor. Yeah, it was, uh, pretty crazy. Ugh. So that we were we were marking the video floor was telling you which direction to go, and the players were still fucking up. Um, there's also uh, Scotty Barnes uh, knocked the ball out of bounds just trying to dribble, and it was like this is the skills competition. He looked like <laughs> an uncoordinated center out there. Uh, it was it was an embarrassment. Not not the not the uh, highest effort from everyone else. The Pacers wanted to show out for their hometown team or their hometown fans, and. Uh, won that that thing uh we also had the three-point contest which uh might be the 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 highlight of the weekend because i think people actually are trying they're taking it seriously people want to win this and uh there's just so many good shooters now like there's guys that's like malik beasley and like well malik Malik beasley's shooting 46 percent this year like what okay but like and i think we got a good final um like of, of the list of here who do you most associate with a three-point shot of this list of participants? <clears throat> and we ended up with two of them in the finals. I yeah, I'd say the Lillard and Young. Yeah. So, I mean, not other guys like Markinen and Jalen Brunson. It's like, those are good players. Um, Brunson's an all-star. Markinen was an all-star last year. Um, but they're not like, we don't think of them as the top, top. Uh, yeah, honestly, the, the next person I would think here when I think of people that shoot threes in this list would be Malik Beasley. That are consistently like, that's what they're yeah. kind of go out there and are known for. Everybody else is, you know, like Donovan Mitchell is usually a lot of mid-range driving in. Same with Brunson, but they can hit threes. Markinen down low lot, but can get open. And Halliburton likes to somehow, he likes to somehow chuck it from deep, like deep, deep. And then, but he's, I also didn't realize he was leading the NBA in assists this year. Almost 12 assists yeah. per game. No, he's been great. He um, has been great. I was talking yeah. about that the other day, and I know we briefly discussed it. It really was one of those trades where it was perfect for both teams. Like, I think Halliburton works better for Indiana than Sabonis worked there and makes them better than Sabonis did. And I think Sabonis makes the Kings better than Halliburton did. And I think it was just one of those things where both teams, like, I think completely won their trade. Like, no one lost in that. Yeah, for the Kings, they had De'Aaron Fox, and they're like, all right, well, are we going to be committed? I mean, they couldn't play together, basically. They're both both point guards. They both need the ball. Yeah. Um, So they they made a move that I think worked. Um, but again, both teams, it's hard to say it worked when like both teams are kind of in the mid tier. Yeah. Um, I think either team needs to make a bigger move to really be a competitor, but, um, it's, I guess it's nice for those fan bases to have good teams after kind of a, a rough stretch, especially the Kings had that long, long playoff streak and now they'll probably make it twice in a row here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended up being a final of Damian Lillard, Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns, who is. Just consistently a good three-point shooter. He's he's yeah, giant. Yeah, we know Sean hates. Um, <laughs> well, just have a jump shot, not a, a set he shot. Doesn't, he doesn't need it. But I guess, yeah. you know, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It works for him, though, you know, so. Yeah. And, I mean, it, Don't you know, Sean Marion has a disgusting disgrace of a shot, yeah, it but was. it works for him, too. So. And also, to be honest. Not quite, nearly as well as Towns, though. To be yeah. quite frank, too, Halle Burton kind of has an ugly shot. You definitely, yeah. So, is. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that it just, it's probably how they were taught as kids and they worked for them and they stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but Lillard ended up winning the, the competition there, uh, first year with the Bucks. So that's, 
I guess big for him, and you know, it's part of his his uh, legend. I think I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a hater of Damon Lillard. I think he's overrated, but I think these kinds of moments make contribute to that legend. Oh, I love like, Damian Lillard. Oh, he's so clutch, and it's like, well, he did win this competition. <clears throat> now, ironically, he's 26 in both rounds. Not as good as the next uh, competition here. So, added to this year was a a three point shooting contest, one v one, only one round. And what was notable is that uh featured Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, versus uh, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, WNBA player, former Oregon Duck, great, uh, going head-to-head. So she is a great shooter in the WNBA. And she did get to shoot it with, to be clear, like she shot it with the WNBA balls yes. at the WNBA range in Curry. Because that is, you know, that's fair. Although that's she, what their she shot is. from behind the NBA line. I don't think she had to. But she did. She chose to? Yeah. And then the corners are the same because there's <clears throat> Yeah, no they're room. like 22 yeah. feet or something. Yeah. Um, but she <clears throat> she put in 26, so tying uh, the best of the NBA players and left Curry having to top that. And uh, he did. You know, it's... I don't know what you got to say. Like, Curry, he is the best shooter yeah, of all time. No, I, I, no I'm trying to that. remember. I, it probably has happened. But has, have Curry and Thompson been in a three-point competition against each other? I don't... No, I wonder if it's one of those things where like, to... no, we'll never do it together. But they definitely should. And they should also bring like uh, Steve Novak in or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Steve Novak won a couple of those. Or didn't he Probably. at least win one? That's, that's my, one of my favorites. Uh, I think Luke Kennard is uh, actually one of the career leaders as well. Um, also, Seth Curry. Bring him in there, too. Get get the whole family involved. Uh, but, yeah, there was there was some controversy where like Kenny Smith was like criticizing this whole thing and I, I thought it was great I mean it shows like there's there's no reason why women can't be as good of shooters like well, yeah, it doesn't I, mean anything and I know Ionescu had a good quote there at the end and she said uh you know it doesn't matter if you're a uh if it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl if you can shoot you can shoot and I'll tell you this right now I forget a name off the top of my head but the girl that went to modern day like a little bit older than or younger than us that uh, had like the multiple like hyphenated last name or something. And then she ended up playing, going to UConn and then played in the WNBA for a little bit. She, we would see her at 24 hour fitness shooting and dude, she did not miss. She'd be there with her dad doing like shooting drills and she was automatic. And it's, you know, and then she like, you know, obviously went on to play for UConn and then went to the WNBA. But I remember watching her and being like, she's, she's really good. So here's some of the, Really quickly, just some of the past winners. I don't can't see off the top of my head who they went against, but just to remember, we got Lillard has won in back-to-back years. And then before that, Sean's favorite player, Carl Anthony Towns. Then there was Steph Curry, Buddy Heald, and then Joe Harris. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, one of those shooters that uh, I don't even think he's in the league anymore. And then you had Devin Booker, uh, one of Andy's favorites, Eric Gordon. And then yeah. 2016, Clay Thompson won it. 2015, Curry won it. So, again, it doesn't show me who their competition is. And then you get some random people in here. Like, you know, you get the Marco Bellinelli in 2014, Kyrie Irving 2013, Kevin Love, James Jones, uh, Paul Pierce, Daquan Cook. And then, Andy, I don't know if you remember this. 2007, 2008, can you guess who won those back-to-back? He was the champion of 2007, 2008. It was Capona. Yeah, it was. Very good, they, they, Andy. They talked about it in that Oh, thing. okay. Yeah. So, Andy cheated. I said local, local. I was going to say, yeah, UCLA guy. And then you got Andy's. So, here you so go. In the 2016 uh, three-point contest, Thompson and Curry were in the finals. Okay. Uh, J.J. Redick did not make the finals. Too bad. Chris Bosh. What in the fuck? That seems wrong. Yeah. Well, how come also it shows zero makes? (laughs) Oh, it says injured. Okay. Well, that's weird that he was going to be in it, though. Yeah. I don't know how much I like that. Can't say I agree. Well, with I do feel old. They were talking about like uh, the dunk contest. I'm like, it's not as good as the old days of oh, it's Levine horrible. versus Gordon. I'm like, wasn't that like four years ago? Like, no, was that was 2016 or something. <laughs> Shit. So that's the thing I was gonna actually note really quick was that NBA All Star Weekend. I used to love it when I was like growing up. Like, I loved the dunk contest, loved the three point contest, and it's Definitely like for kids. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, but but it's not just that. It's like the three point contest still, you know, like somewhat exciting. I mean, you can't, you know, really make it less or more exciting. I mean, it's just you're shooting threes. It is what it is. But the dunk contest just isn't like nearly as good as what it used to be. And I heard that it was like a complete kind of disaster this year, especially with uh, how uh, 
um, how Jalen Brown just did some kind of like just dumb dunks and just was getting and blasted he, on Twitter and, and everything. In the finals, it was kind of stupid. But yeah, uh, I am horribly shocked. I'm looking at previous uh, slam dunk contests. 2015, uh, Zach Levine won. His competition included Giannis, which that was before Giannis was a star. Uh, Victor Oladipo and Mason Plumley. Now I've watched yeah. this man play a lot of basketball. Uh, he's been on my team for you know a year and a half now. I would not put him in the dunk contest. <laughs> this was 2017. <laughs> yeah, he was a young man back then. Uh, that's surprising to me. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the current year here. Um, yeah, the dunk contest. So Jalen Brown was like the one star player. Very weird. We got we got one yeah. G League player and another who's on the Knicks roster, but also a G League player, and Jacob Toppin. Uh, Jaime Hawk has a good, good rookie season so far. Um, and, and when we watched it, he was doing his uh, Mexican heritage thing. I think Sean wanted to know if he was actually from Mexico. I was like, no, he's from here. I don't know where he was from. And I'd look it up. I was like, born in Irvine, California. Yep. I'm like, yep, that's the least. <laughs> not very Mexican. In, uh, well, he looks like Irvine, a pirate California. more than anything. Yeah. Um, Jaime Hawkes. And so, so we found out that his parents were uh, playing at Concordia when he was born. Oh, that's where uh, that's one of our accounts. We do some work yeah. over at Concordia for. Uh, actually, just sent them a tree bid today. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, the boss part of the alumni association. You can know, get a. That's true. Nice little. Uh, it's actually not even like there. the actual school we do. It's like yeah. it's inside the school, but it's one of like the ministry buildings that are in there or something like that. Like when you first enter the gates of Concordia. It's like the first building on your left-hand side, and we maintain all that grass and shrubbery and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, Mac McClung, though, back-to-back winner. Same like the three-point contest, back-to-back winner. Uh, and that's how it's become the dunk contest. we got to pull these guys up from the G League. Because, hey, you know, I agree. It's like what Sabrina Ionescu said. You can shoot, you can shoot. Well, if you can, whether you're a boy or girl, well, you can dunk, you can dunk. Don't matter if you're in the NBA or you're off or, the streets or, or the G League. Or, yeah, we're a six-foot white, six-foot-two white guy. Yeah. So there is another thing I wanted to talk about here is uh, Jalen Brown. He said one of his gimmicks here is on the video floor. He did a tribute to Terrence Clark, a uh, Kentucky player who died um, in his, during his freshman year. Was that this um, year? No, a couple years ago. Oh. And my thought was like, I think Jacob Toppin would have actually been his teammate. And it's like a little like rude to be like, I'm going to do this tribute for this guy. Because I mean, Jacob Toppin played at Kentucky. So I should check that. Here's Kentucky 2020, 2023. Yeah, so, he so yeah, he definitely would have. Yeah, um, that's strange. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, Maybe they were buddies, though. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Jalen Brown did know him if he was going to do that whole thing. But yeah, a little weird to be like. Where'd Jalen Brown go? Cal? Cal, yeah. So he's not. So random. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, so you guys said you watched uh, these events. Mm-hmm. So how would you, well, I mean, how was the dunk contest overall then? Did you guys enjoy it? Did you not? I mean, I know, Sean, you're pretty opinionated about stuff like I... that. I. To go on what you guys said, it, it it's for kids. Uh, yeah. I was the thing I was most pleased with was the fact that it wasn't an LG floor for the actual game on Sunday. Um, I get it; kids are stupid and have no attentions because uh, span because their mind is just constantly in a, a tablet or whatever, so everything has to look like a video game. Um, my biggest question was, what do the players think of that stupid? obnoxious floor on Saturday. Um, but yeah, like Andy said, I think the three point contest was, I think the prize, uh, you know, for me, um, the dunks, there's only so many things you could do. It did nothing to see, uh, Brown put a glove on and dunk it left-handed. How many people are going to jump over Shaq? Um, that kind of stuff. Six foot two white guys. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he that was impressive. Um, I was more surprised that no one just wanted to put him on the roster because he puts some cheeks in the seats if he's you know going to do a big old dunk. Um, but no, uh, like I said, I, I tur- uh, before we were recording, I, I turned the game off and put on curb um, <laughs> about five minutes into the third. Yeah, the All Star game. Yeah. Which we should, I guess, just jump into. I, mean, I have a couple more uh, notes here. Okay, a couple more notes. Uh, things I enjoyed from this or maybe didn't enjoy. Uh, something I definitely enjoyed. Looking in the crowd, you see some le- some celebrities. The guy who's always there every year. The hat. Guy Fieri. Oh. Uh, with a cigar in his mouth. Yeah. Now, you can't be smoking that in there. But there's no rules against just having a cigar, like, as an accessory. Yeah, Tony, it was he- constantly in his hand, in his lap, and then in his mouth. 
But it wasn't lit. You, he was right in the front, so you could see pretty clearly. I was wondering, it might have been some sort of, you know, fancy, you know, bacon cigar, you know, food that he was, you know, Ooh, this is in Flavortown. It's got a creamy sriracha paper. Yeah. It's loaded with onion rings. And <laughs> that reminds me. Do you guys remember, like, uh, as kids, like the when they would have like the candy cigarettes or like the cigar, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. cigar, like, like cigarette gum, gum, or, gum something? or yeah, yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. I think they did actually. Like, and I remember I got a like at Al- the Albertsons that was over up by my house. I remember I got some, and it was like kind of funny to think like cigarettes were just yeah. big time promoted. But you couldn't stop too. because when when you ever have a Tootsie Pop. You 100% when you finished it, still held in your mouth like it was a cigarette. Oh, dude, I used to do that with little pretzel sticks, too. You know, you pretend you're taking a drag of a pretzel stick. Oh, who? I still do that. Yeah. I used to remember I'd get like two of them and pretend I'm lighting one and have one be the fake lighter. (laughs) Go up against the other one and be like, long day at work, huh? Yeah. Third grade was tough today. (laughs) Fractions, am I right? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, like we were saying, on the All-Star weekend. Yeah, there's another guy in the crowd. Um, we saw a commercial and we're like, where's this dude? He's the face of the NBA, you know, the guy in the commercials, uh, our favorite guy who none of us know who he is. Uh, and he was not there during the three point contest. I'm like, this is disappointing. He's got to be there. If Jake from State Farm is going to show up, uh, then during the dunk contest, we saw him, you know, you know what we're talking about, Tony? The face of the NBA. In He's the Google phone guy. Oh, the, the comedian. Yeah. The, the, the big, uh, black dude. And he's like, oh, there he is. And he's hanging out with What's Trey his name Young again? No we one knows. Know. We don't yeah. want to know. The less I, I know, know, the better. Sean never wants to know, so I will not, will not speak it on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it makes you feel yeah. any better, Sean. Thank but you. I know who you're talking about. Yep. He was there. He's got to be a huge star. But, you know, so under 20 I'm sure he's 20 some sort of demo. all-right comedian. He's Tyrese Halliburton's favorite person. I was going to say, really? he's Giannis's best I friend, probably. Yeah. I'm sure he's not Giannis's best friend. He doesn't speak yeah. English. His <laughs> Best friend is uh, a Greek comedian or something. Yeah. Well, hmm. end of the All Star game. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> so we go into the All Star game here. So that one of the things I wanted to briefly say was, so this was the first time in a few years where it actually went back to East versus West. No more team captains. And also, I was actually reminded this morning that it was also the first time that I ke- I always forgot that they kept having that rule where ever since Kobe had passed that, you know, whenever the fourth quarter would start, whoever had the lead. Uh, it would be that score plus 24 points and whoever got to that first would win. So if you were down by 12, you needed to outscore them, you know, 36 to less than 24. And uh, so stuff like that. But anyway, he uh, it was the first time that uh, back to East versus West in a while, which was nice. And the East was actually two and a half point underdogs. And the over under, I was uh, talking about this a little bit uh, pre-production, was opened up at like 364, 365, something like that, and then slowly went down. And then on Sunday, it went all the way down, a big jump, which you don't see very often, all the way down to three, like 54, like 353 and a half or something like that. And I guess there were some people saying they think maybe somebody just went in there and put big money on the under and like, or they said uh, that apparently uh, the commissioner uh, wanted to come out and say, uh, he wanted to see more defense. He wanted to see the game be tighter, like, you know, other all-star games, which in my other all-star games, I mean, just MLB. And uh, they, I think they basically said the hell with you. And defense was definitely not played because this was the highest scoring all-star game ever. 211 by the East, 186 by the West. And I actually did watch a decent amount of it. Didn't watch the fourth quarter, but definitely saw the last half of the first quarter and then the whole second quarter and pretty much the whole third. And I mean, Damian Lillard was fun to watch. I mean, I, again, one of my favorite players, he was hitting threes, but I was saying that uh, some of the stars on the West did not give a shit at all. And that with Luca and Jokic. And it's like, they just, when you look at the names on paper, the West, there's a reason they were favored. I mean, I think the better team, but it's like the East, I, I, that was like, what I was thinking, I thought like the East was going to win because I was like, those guys look like they'll actually like care a little bit more and stuff. And uh, they led from start to finish. I, I mean, I, when I first saw the score, I think the East was up like 27, 21 or something. And they never, it was honestly, not only did they ever look back, it was never close. Like I think I, after the East got up by double digits, the closest I remember the West getting it to was like 10 or 11 points or something. And then the East would go right back on like a 5-6-0 run. And it was they just dominated them, like pure domination. And yeah, finally, I mean, it was a matter of time, but finally a team did score over 200 points. So uh, 
we'll have to see what Adam Silver is going to come up with next year because, uh, you know, it's starting to just lose interest with people. I mean, it's, you know, it's just so much shit going on. And then Andy was telling me that, what, a Carl Anthony Towns scored 50 and he said he shot 20 more shots than the next person on the West, which is a little ridiculous. Yeah, clearly the Western players were really don't care. And you look at some of these guys that have either had tons of success in their career or have been here before. Uh, LeBron made his 20th appearance. Uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Loses a little of, of its luster there. Uh, Durant, 14. Curry, 10. Uh, Paul George and Anthony Davis, 9. Those are significant amounts. And then you got guys like Kawhi. It's like, what do I... I don't care. Like, I've been, I've been here six times. It's not a huge amount, but like... a Won multiple finals and everything. Like I don't care. And then to that point, you can. And then the Europeans obviously didn't care. Luka, oh, they Luka did not Jokic were like, I'm, I'm I wanted to go back drunk. to fucking Eastern Europe, and now you fucked me with this shit. So like, and the, <clears throat> that's one thing I'll say. It's like to piggyback off of what Andy's saying. And then you look on the East. Tyrese Halliburton his second time, and then you look at this bench. Brunson's first appearance. Maxi's first. Trey Young's third. Branchero's first. Scotty Barnes first. And then Jalen Brown, Randall, and Adebayo all their. Th- although I guess. Uh, Julius Randle didn't play, but, uh, and yeah, but Jalen Brown's third time, Adebayo's third time. I mean, a lot of these guys only in there, you know, the, the most, for a good example, like the most all-star appearances on the East was Giannis and Lillard with eight. And mind you, this was Lillard's first time in the East. And then you look at the West and it's like, like Andy said, a 14 by Durant, 20 by LeBron, 10 by Curry, nine by Davis and nine by George. It's, you know, significantly more all-star appearances in the West than the East. And yeah, they just don't, they just go out there and have fun. They don't care. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you let the young kids. Well, Luca chucked it with, you know, 31 seconds that. left now, from 65 feet. I've got a question for, for you, Tony, our uh, soccer reporter. Okay. Uh, do they have anything like this in soccer? Do they have all-star games? So the closest thing they have to this that I can think of is they, they do a thing in the, with the MLS where the MLS all-star team will play one of like the premier, one of the good teams in Europe. Oh, not in a premier league all-star no, team or anything. No. Okay. So what you'll so get, I don't think it's part of the culture. That's, yeah. that's my guess. So, but that's, what's funny is the yeah. MLS. It is. So what they'll mm-hmm. do is they have their all-star team. And I think last year they played Arsenal. So they'll play like Barcelona, like uh, not really Barcelona, but they'll play like usually premier league team. They'll play like Chelsea or I've seen them play like Dortmund and like, mm-hmm. so they'll do stuff like that. So that's the closest you'll get to a, uh, Sort of all star game, but no, for the because your all star team is your country, <laughs> like your yeah, country's yeah. team, and also like the, all the teams the are made of all star teams. The Champions League is kind of like an all star thing. It's ex, it's not necessarily that's the thing is out it's there. Like, it's, it's just your team yeah. is an all star team. Like you're you're everybody's so good on your team. Like it's yeah. it's just different. So that's yeah, that's my thought. This is just not part of the no, it's not. And it's, it's starting. I'll tell you right now, it's starting to fade. I think here in America because they already got rid of the Pro Bowl. The game, well, yeah, and well, now they, they didn't. It's flag football. Now. Yeah, but I mean, they basically got rid of it, and then hockey went from you know to three on three, like you know, twenty minute tournament, mm-hmm. and then the only thing that's still relevant is baseball because those are still close games, and that's because pitching dominates. You you can bring yeah. in one pitcher to, I mean, a pitcher pitches one inning, and he just gives you his best stuff for an inning. It's you know, it's tough to hit a, a baseball, but uh, I think now we uh, after now that the All Star weekend is uh, is done, we wanted to. We have a little bit of other NBA news mixed with. Uh, we're going to give you guys some standings updates, some uh, some of the new uh, the odds now for uh, who the, some of the top teams are to win the finals, along with uh, I guess some over under updates. Knowing that uh, one team is one loss away already from going under, so I guess uh, we'll lead us lead us off here with yeah, some uh, start, some news. Start oh. with the Eastern Conference standings. Oh, do you want to the news first? Yeah, let's just do. Let's yeah, get not that not out the of biggest the way. news. The Nets fired Jock Vaughn. Who the Nets have been going in and out of coaches. Going in and out of point guards that played in the NBA here. Uh, so, so Jock Vaughn, who replaced Steve Nash, is now out. Um, and in is Kevin Ollie, who uh, uh, was with UConn la- last we saw. Uh, head coach at UConn has been assistant there with them. Um, and he is back in, in as a head coach. Uh, but first time in the NBA, I think. Uh, he's probably, I think he's been an assistant somewhere else. Um, but yeah, also similar career to Jock Vaughn, it feels like. It's like, oh, he was a guy. Who just bounce around and be a backup point guard somewhere, um, but yeah, Brooklyn is uh, right now in eleventh, just outside of the the, the play in. So I don't think it's going to make a difference. They're just not that good of a team, but it did happen. So yeah. we're noting it. Um, but yeah, now we can talk standings. And uh, yeah, we already said the Nets are eleventh, but 
On first place is Boston by six games here. So they, they're really separating here, especially because uh, Milwaukee's been on a, a rough stretch ever since uh, the transition. Yeah, three and seven, their last ten for Milwaukee. Yeah, so I think Doc is three and six. Um, and he, he joked that he said, I wish I could have taken the team over at the All-Star break because we had a really like tough road trip. Uh, well, no excuses, Doc. Come on. You gotta, you still got a good team. You got to play better. Um, but yeah, number two is Cleveland, who's six games back of Boston. Uh, third is Milwaukee, eight and a half. So I think Milwaukee's not going to catch Boston. I mean, Cleveland's not going to catch Boston either. They're, they're on like an incredible streak to get up here and they're, they're probably going to slow down. Um, the Knicks are fourth. Uh, the Knicks had, uh, been on a crazy run here, but they just had like a million injuries as of late in the last, they lost their last four. Uh, in fifth place, the Sixers, they have similar horrible injury problems. Uh, but I think most people think the Sixers are still probably one of the top three teams in the East if they get everyone back. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah, with, without Embiid, no chance though. With Embiid, I think they're probably the best chance at beating the Celtics of anyone here. Uh, the Pacers are in sixth. Uh, solid season for them. Fun. They've got good players, good young players. Uh, and then at seven, you got Miami, eighth Orlando, ninth Chicago, tenth Atlanta. We should. I'll just know. It's kind of been those kind of teams. Like Atlanta and Chicago are always in the mix, in the play-in. Yeah. And uh, Miami's always around there and then gets to the finals. But uh, Indiana, I just wanted to quickly note, uh, leading the East, and I'm going to assume leading the league in uh, points per game at 123.7 points per game. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of notable for them. I don't know what the, I forget what the record is, but I know it's somewhere around there. I know they talked about it early in the season when they were averaging like 126 a yeah. game or 125 or something. I think I saw something that Boston's actually more efficient. Oh yeah, I know. There's for possession, um, but yeah, the, the pace of which it's just Indiana. Uh, Indiana. Actually, you know what? Oh no, 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 that's opponents' points per game. Wild. It's a, just a different world. Like Indiana's averages 123 a game, and they give up 122 a game. Like it's. Uh, I would hate to be a if yeah. I was a bookmaker this day and age. Like it's. It's damn near impossible. No, yeah, I saw a thing today that said the the seventy two win Warriors would be the twenty first best offense in today's <laughs> NBA, and that's by efficiency, not points per game, like just oh, wow. straight efficiency. Well, that team didn't win a title though, so that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, guess uh, I mean, you, you think uh, that's how you think those are going to be the ten teams, or do you think someone like Brooklyn or Toronto can sneak in? I would say probably not. I'd say that's probably to be, yeah. safe to say those are going to be the ten teams. Brooklyn seems lost and. Uh, Toronto, yeah, also seems very lost. I mean, 19 and 36, they don't even deserve to be in a play-in. But uh, now we'll move on to the West here. I'll uh, start us off here. We got uh, Minnesota, still the number one seed currently, uh, but only uh, this. the West is much tighter. Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, Minnesota, a game and a half ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then uh, third place, two games out, you've got the Los Angeles Clippers. And then at fourth place, uh you got the Denver Nuggets three games out, and then a little bit of a dip here with Phoenix at five and New Orleans at six, both of them six games out of the number one spot. And then here comes the play-in part. You've got the Dallas Mavericks uh, sitting there, but only seven games out of the top seed, only a game out of uh, you know not having to worry about being in the play-in. And then right behind them by half a game is the Sacramento Kings seven and a half out of the number one seed. And then you've got the LA Lakers sitting at the nine seed, nine and a half out. And then you've got the Golden State Warriors, so at uh, the 10 seed at 11 games out. So it's it's all very close here. I mean, that is the West is always groovy. And then uh, a little bit of a dip after that with Utah and Houston would be the only two other notable teams that I think would have a chance to sneak in there. And uh, uh, Utah is 13 and a half out of first. So only a game and a half behind. Um, was it a game and a half? Or two and a half. Two and a half games behind Golden State for the to get into the play in. And then uh, Houston three and a half back. But. I don't know if Utah and Houston are going to have the legs. Uh, Golden State's been playing good basketball lately. They're eight and two in their last ten. The Lakers are seven and three in their last ten. So uh, Dallas currently on a six-game win streak, seven and three in their last ten. So uh, and Utah and Houston actually both three and seven in their last ten. So it looks like uh, those teams are just going in complete opposite directions. So I'd have to it say this will like probably be the ten teams also. Utah and the Lakers are like an opposite path. It's like when Utah does good, the Lakers do bad, and the yeah. Lakers do good. And then Golden State was like, kind of funny this year too. They yeah. haven't been as nearly as good. But uh, well, what helped is they had all these players out, and Kuminga started playing really well for them. And now that they've got Draymond back, and Chris Paul is going to come back soon, it seems like they're they're yeah, a they're, better team. I still don't think they're a contender in the West, but they're they could be they, they, they can make some noise in the West easily. though. 
And that's the thing I was going to say, too, is like these these are who I think the 10 teams representing the West will be, but possibly different orders. I mean, I think it's very possible that someone like Dallas or even Sacramento can catch New Orleans or Phoenix. I think I think the first four are safe. Minnesota, Thunder, Clippers and Nuggets. I think those are the best four teams in the West right now. But I think teams like, you know, like I said, Dallas and Sacramento can sneak in there. But I and I do think Golden State and the Lakers and this is me as a Laker fan will be um fighting for a play-in spot and uh we'll see if um you know if it's if new i can see new orleans dipping down i mean i think phoenix is starting to get it together a little bit but everybody in the west looks like they're playing good right now if you look at these i just really quickly you look at the top 10 teams right now in the west in their last 10 games minnesota seven and three oklahoma six and four clippers seven and three nuggets five and five phoenix and new orleans seven and three dallas seven and three kings five and five lakers seven and three and golden state eight and two so Nobody below 500 in the top five in their last, and the top 10, I mean, in their last 10 games. So just playing really well. So I was keeping track of interconference, and I haven't been up to date, but uh, despite uh, the West seeming like it's it's losing a little bit of its advantage, uh, not when I last checked. So, you know, 89 mm. and 114, that's the East record against the West uh, mm. when I last checked, including an 0 17 for the Detroit <laughs> Pistons, which, uh, again, this was like from maybe. A few weeks ago, um, but yeah, now onto the to the over under update. Want to kind of look at like who's been overperforming, who's been underperforming, um, and if has anyone hit their over under yet? Which uh, spoiler, no, we just we said that earlier, uh, but close. A couple teams are close. Uh, the Boston Celtics uh, eight and a half wins over their over under, so I, I, it seems like they're going to get get there. They were uh, the highest win total coming into the season, and it looks like they're going to exceed that. Um, so the highest was 55 and a half, and that's just the way the NBA has played today. Is no one, you just don't get those 65 win teams anymore, it seems like, but maybe this year. Uh, Boston's on pace for 64 as of right now. Um, what's another high performer? Um, you got the Pacers and the Magic, young teams that have uh, played well so far in the season. Um, and then in the West, you've got the two big uh, overperformers, the top two seeds, Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Uh, both expected to compete for the playoffs, but not expected to be the number one seeds here, and uh, they are. Um, you also got uh, the Clippers, who you know people just always are worried about uh, who's going to be on the roster. And, uh, and when they did this over under, James James Harden was not on the roster. Remember that. Uh, but Kawhi and Paul George have been pretty healthy the whole season, so uh, they've they've overperformed there. Um, some early overperformers like Houston have fallen off, but they're still five games over their pace. Um, and then let's go look at the other side, which is. Maybe a little, little sadder. We got Toronto. I don't know what they're doing there. <laughs> they fired Nick Nurse and got way worse, and they traded their best players. It's uh, not looking good. I don't know what they're what they're planning in there. Like crazy to think they won a title like right before. Yeah. was it COVID? Like 2019, they won that title or something like that. And then you've got uh, some of the bad teams in the East are even worse than we thought. <laughs> like the Wizards, I think had the lowest. Yeah, you had faith in them. And uh, yeah, it was because it's so low. I was like, you know, they'll they'll win some games, and you know, maybe maybe they will. I think I, I went under on that just because I hate Jordan Poole, uh, and I'm sure I mentioned that in that uh in that episode. We also got the Charlotte Hornets were one of the lowest teams, and they're gonna probably still go under as well. Uh, and Detroit Pistons um, looks like they're gonna be the worst team in the league again. Uh, you know, legendary streak of of under of uh, not an losses. amazing draft coming up either. Yeah. So not gonna really benefit them much. And then in the West, we got one major underperformer here. I guess two. But the one, this is the one that's almost about to hit. The Grizzlies need to lose one more game, and they will uh, clinch their under for the season. So, of course, uh, John Morant's been out for the year. Um, he missed the first 25 games suspended, came back. I think he played six games and then has a devastating injury and is out for the year. They've had all kinds of other injury problems. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're not going to win the rest. They're not going to go on a 40-game win streak here to – Hit the rover. Um, we also got the Spurs, who uh, we thought with, with Wemby, you know, it's like, oh, they'll win some games, and Popovich is a good coach. Uh, that team's been a disaster, like, actually on the floor. They're just horrible. Um, I still think there's a good future there, maybe, with some of their players, but they really, I don't think they're even really trying to win any games here, so. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, is there any other? See, Portland and the Warriors are, are slight unders uh, projected right now, but it's like, no. Who's, like, right at pace? I, you got, like, the... Looks like the Miami Heat are right at pace, only less than a game below the predictions. You've got uh, the Nuggets. Oh, the very, that's the closest one. Oh, 0.21 yeah. away from their uh, prediction. And we all said over on them, so uh, we'll be 
cheering for that. We got another one at uh looks like the Bulls uh 1.29 and we all said over for them too, so and yeah, you got so the, the Sixers, you know. With see, that's going to be a tough one now Embiid because they don't have yeah. Embiid anymore. So uh, Andy was the only one that took under on that. Sean and I were on the under on the Sixers. So that'll be a – they're on pace to win 48 games, and their over-under is 49 and a half. So I guess they're all pace. I don't know to win 49, actually. but Yeah, I mean, the paces right now, they're all crazy decimals yeah. and everything as, as we go. But um, I think we got one more thing to talk about for the NBA, and that's uh, – a Yeah. We gave you the standings, but what is uh, – Yeah, let's – What is uh, the betting market? Yeah, think? so this is a, a website that I know of called Bling, uh, one of those little offshore accounts and whatnot, and uh, these are some of the, the top ones. So uh, the favorite right now to win the NBA Finals, and I think it's probably just – this is more so going off the fact that the East is – in their mind, it's like that they're for sure going to be – not for sure, but I mean very likely they'll be representing the East. You got the Boston Celtics, the favorites, at plus 250. So a pretty, pretty heavy favorite. And then Andy, believe it or not, number two, the Los Angeles Clippers, plus 480. A lot of respect for how the Clippers have been playing lately. Uh, right below them, you got and the Nuggets. I was going to say, a lot of disrespect for the top two teams in the West. I guess you yeah. will get to them. And I and I honestly, and you, you'll see, because after a couple of these, it takes a huge dip. Mm. And those top two teams are part of the dip. So yeah, the now the, coming in third, you got the uh, Denver Nuggets at plus 500. The Milwaukee Bucks at plus 720. And then this is where it starts to dip. Phoenix Suns plus 1400. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the number one seed in the West, at plus 1600. The Oklahoma City Thunder plus 1800. And then you get uh, Cleveland and the New York Knicks plus 2200. And then you get the Dallas Mavericks plus 2800. And then to finish it off here, the 76ers plus 3100. I'm surprised in the Sixers there. I would and take, the I would, Lakers plus 3300. I would take the Sixers still. Like, yeah, the ex- expectation is that he will be back. Like, yeah, but I guess people don't believe in him because he's been an underperformer and he's been hurt anyways. and he's been hurting and stuff. And I think they just think the East is they're just not as good as the you know the Celtics and the because they'll have to beat them on the road too. I think that this is more so them just saying the East is really strong. But it's it's kind of wild to think with the Clippers because I know like a couple months ago you could have gotten the Clippers at around twenty to one or something like that. Now they're sitting there at just under five to one. I mean, yeah, they're 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 playing good basketball. I've already had uh, like dreams about it. Be like, what would, would Bomber do? It Where would be, the parade it would be, be ironic to see if you saw an LA Boston Finals, but this time it's the Clippers. So it's like, I, I would definitely be cheering for the Clippers if they were in the finals. You know, I, I have nothing against the LA Clippers. I used to like them as a kid a little bit too and stuff. So I got no hate towards them. Like I was saying, do they do they get to keep if they won the championships here? Could they keep a banner at Crypto Arena? I'd be like, no, we want it here. We're keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say outside of the Lakers, obviously, I would say, I mean, I mean, I'd say like the Clippers, maybe a fun team like the Thunder, but it's like most of these teams in the West, I just hate. Like, obviously, I don't like Golden State. Grew up hating Phoenix and Sacramento being a Clipper. I mean, a Lakers fan, you know, Minnesota just bores me, too. I don't know what it is about Minnesota. Maybe it's like Sean's just in my head about how Anthony Towns has his jump, <laughs> his, not even his jump shot. His, something about Minnesota just bores me. And I don't like Gobert. I think it's because they changed yeah. their logo. I used to like their old logo when Garnett was there yeah. and they had the black and the yeah, when they had that, like the Garnett good, Cassell Sprewell yeah, like, and like uh, they had that lineup in like the early 2000s. That's when I actually liked Minnesota. Like I, I think I had a black Garnett jersey or like even like the what was it like the purple or dark blue whatever it was too. They had did like Wallace play there? Rashid? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, he was on like Portland, they had, Detroit, uh, Marbury. Right. Back in the early yeah, days. Marbury. Zerbiak, one of Andy's oh, yeah. favorite shooters. Where did he yeah, go to he college was, again? He was good. Miami of Ohio. We Miami, about well, that's that. right. That's why I knew we talked about it recently. Yeah. That's why I was curious. Well, I think uh, that's probably going to be for our NBA talk. Talk about some college basketball? Yeah, let's go from the pros to the hope to be pros one day. So uh, We're going to continue our uh, look at a couple teams, but do you want to just yeah, update? Yeah, I'll, I'll update everybody on the standings because there was a shift here. So now we have a uh, the same team as at number one. UConn stays at number one. Should I go? Actually, I'll go from 10 down. Starting off at number 10, North Carolina, uh, down three spots from seven. They are now 20 and six. Uh, we actually talked about on the podcast last week as we were recording that they had just lost to Syracuse. So that's why they dipped down three spots. Kansas also dipped down three spots. They are now 20 and six as the nine seed. Duke went from the nine seed to the eight seed, and they are uh, sitting at 20 and five. We're ninth ranked. They're not seeds. They're not seeds yet. Ranked. You're right. I'm we sorry. Got the ranked. Tournament coming. Got ranked. It. Ranked. Yeah. So Marquette ranked seventh, uh, 19 and six. They went down three spots from being ranked number four. 
Uh, Iowa State ranked number six, up four spots from the 10 spot. Uh, and then you've got Tennessee ranked number five, up three spots from being ranked number eight. Uh, Arizona up one spot as they are now ranked number four at 20 and five. Purdue goes down a spot because they lost and they're sitting at 23 and three. Who did they lose to? Uh, Ohio State. Very good. I am an Ohio State it was, guy. Uh, after firing their coach, Ohio State won. Ooh, very good. Coach, yeah. So good for Ohio State getting a nice big win there at home. Uh, Houston uh, goes up from the three spot to uh, the number two uh, ranking at a, was sitting with a 22 and three record. And UConn staying at number one for at least three weeks in a row since we've been doing this. Uh, they're at 24 and two. And uh, we, we have a big matchup this this today. Yeah, and before that, UConn blew out uh, Marquette, another top 10 team. Yeah, so Mar- at the time, it was uh, UConn was one, Marquette was four. And I was actually joking. I was t- uh, with a buddy watching that, or not watching it, but saw the score. And I was like, this is embarrassing that this is a one versus four uh, matchup because rankings-wise because... It would they would what almost beat them by thirty? Or? I mean, yeah, UConn blew out everyone in the tournament last year, so that's just yeah, that's... how they've been going. But, um, but yeah, so th- this week there's the two teams we're going to highlight in the top ten uh, are playing each other tonight. So that's the reason for doing that. So we got Houston Iowa State Big Twelve matchup tonight, um, and let's start with Iowa State here, who uh, started the season outside the top twenty-five, and they have uh, had they're, they're twenty and five. They're very much deserving based on on that. Um, and so, yeah, let's look at some of their, their key players here. Uh, their leading scorer, Keyshawn Gilbert, is actually a transfer from UNLV. So uh, we talk about it every week. There's just more transfers now. A lot mm-hmm. of teams can go out and get a good, like, free agent, essentially. Um, and so he's he's their leading scorer at 14 points a game. Um, now I'm going to say both these teams are defense first, Big 12 tough teams. Uh, another guard, Tamin Lipsy, who uh, I believe has been there, um, or yeah, he's not a transfer, only a sophomore though, but uh, averaging 13 a game, five and a half assists, so a uh, pretty from from player. Iowa too, born in Ames, yeah, Iowa. That's always nice. Uh, and then we got a nice uh, European name. Uh, their third leading scorer, Milan Momsilovic. Uh, <laughs> he's actually, Serbian or he something. Is, he is Serbian, but he actually is a Serbian American. He was born in Pewaukee, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, not Pewaukee. quite Milwaukee. <laughs> born in Wisconsin, uh, having a, a nice freshman season. So 12 points a game as a freshman in the Big 12 is, is pretty solid. It's a yeah. It's the best conference. Um, so that's that's been the best conference for a while now, <clears> which uh, I think probably because it you know they added Houston too. So it's it's really I mean, Houston's been one of the better and who've, teams. Who've uh, okay? I guess um, we're going to take a look. No, I was just going to say like some notable wins that Iowa State's had because we mentioned how they weren't ranked coming into uh, right. coming into this year. So let's, I'm just let's take a look. I mean, I think they won their last four. Yeah, so they've beaten some notable wins. They went to Texas and won. They beat Kansas at home. They uh they actually like got there. They went to TCU and won. Got their butts kicked though by BYU on the road. But BYU is a hard place to play. They beat Houston at home earlier this <clears> year. So okay, yeah, that's obviously a key win. Um, but also, I mean, yeah, they beat Texas Tech, who had, was the team that just beat Kansas. So, and again, it's just it's a it's a gauntlet there. There's a lot of good teams. Yeah. Even you say teams like TCU, and, and it, we'll note it too. It was a low scoring game last time they played them. Fifty seven, fifty three. It said the final was so. So uh, Houston this year is having another great year after like a, a really solid run here um, of, of good teams here. Their, their top scorer this year is LJ Cryer, transfer from Baylor. So you know leaving one of their their big rivals here uh, coming over. Stayed in the same state. Yeah. What is that commute from Baylor to Houston? Do we know? I, I know Baylor, Baylor's West Texas. It's pretty far. Okay, because I know we always. I feel yeah. like every like I know, we always, it seems like we're always talking I, about I, how I close gave you these bad areas information are. that one time where I was like. I think Houston is pretty far from Austin. I was like, oh, actually, it wasn't. I've listened but. back. We're, uh, we've given ourselves some bad information a lot. I think one of the most notable ones was the guy that played the Black Panther when we oh, said kidding. he was like. Like, he's definitely British. <laughs> yeah. From, like, yeah. Pawnee, Indiana or something. So, uh, second leading scorer, Jamal Sheed, uh, a guy who's been there a long time. You've probably heard that name before. Yeah. Uh, he's been on some, you know, teams that played a lot of tournament games. Uh, he's a senior. Uh, another one of the, the better point guards. 13 points, 6 assists. Um, and then we've got Emmanuel Sharp, uh, third leading scorer, uh, sophomore, twelve points a game. So I mean, the, the the key to Houston has been like upperclassmen, uh, good defense. You know, so you look back at some other teams. A lot of those guys played four years and everything. Um, that's just kind of how they've got it done under this 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 run here. So um, yeah, they're the number two team again. They're they're probably going to be. I mean, assuming they they win their tournament, which is not a safe assumption, but. 
you'd think they're on track to be another number one seed again this year. So yeah, well, uh, they actually uh, play each other this evening, which is uh, notable uh, in Houston. Like we were talking about, uh, number six versus number two, and I saw that the spread was nine, and now it's down to eight. So, uh, any thoughts here, Andy? Like what you would do in that situation? Houston obviously laying the eight points since they're the the home team. I mean. Would you say you think Houston wins this game by um, about double digits, or would you say just, Iowa State yeah, keeps it, it close? Like, it seems like double digits is like a massive blowout. Yeah, this is probably going to be a really, really tough game there. But. Yeah, and there's going to be good defense. I think. I think Iowa State can keep it close. Houston sometimes can get cold from the field too, but I mean, but then again, they can also just drive you on defense and score you out of the build or not score you out of the building, but get you out of the building. But uh, yeah, that'll be a. Uh, Madness is just around the corner. I mean, we're at February 19th as we're recording this. It's We're just a week and a half away from March. Yeah, and I hope you're enjoying this because this it's fun fun for me to get. Yeah, no, this is fun. Familiar I mean, with the teams and everything. It's, well, yeah, we've, uh, I, it's getting me familiar too. Like, I've, I've learned a lot. I even say this to people all the time that I even, you know, get a lot of my information, especially in entertainment, but even in sports a lot of times about stuff going on. So, yeah, yeah we, as we say that, some, you know, St. Mary's is going to be the best team or something. It's like some team we're going to end up skip, skipping. Well, hey, last year, San Diego State was in the finals yeah, against nah. UConn, and no one expected neither of those teams, let yeah. alone a San Diego State team. Remember the team that – the other Final Four team that was started in the top ten, they've dropped all the way out, um, Florida Atlantic. Yeah. So. But that. But then last year, that was a major surprise. That yeah. was probably the biggest surprise, But the fact actually. that they came back and were ranked in the top ten was like, oh, maybe they're legitimate. But um, looks like they'll still probably make the tournament, but um, – all right, I think we're we're almost done. Got a couple more things to talk about quickly. I think yeah. uh, some baseball. We got baseball, which uh, we got spring trainings begun, so we're gonna have some preseason games pretty Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Uh, but the thing to talk about here is there's still some big name players that have not yet signed. Um, so I'm gonna quickly go through here: uh, Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, and JD Martinez still have not signed with the team. So. Um, J.D. Martinez is a DH only at this point in his career, but he was an all-star with the Dodgers. Um, and Cody Bellinger you know, was MVP candidate. Blake Snell won Cy Young. Jordan Montgomery was a World Series playoff hero. And, you know, Matt Chapman's just a reliable, uh, you know, bat and glove. Uh, and they're still unsigned. Um, there was a little bit of news locally, uh, our local team. Uh, Mike Trout says uh, he does not want to be traded. He wants to win with the Angels, but he, he's begging the – ownership to sign one of these top guys like come on just do it like well honestly like orange county has money like just do it like that i feel like if you signed any of these guys it would get a little more excitement for the team honestly you know what the angels should do like you do sign one of these guys let's say they get a bellinger or blake snell and then go grab trevor bauer for league minimum it's trevor bauer's been on podcasts screaming about how he wants to play for league minimum i think if you went out and you got yourself trevor bauer maybe a cody bellinger you would put some feet in the fans in the stands. I yeah. mean, people like Cody Bellinger. He's a good-looking guy. Girls like him. He's a home run hitter. He's coming off a good Southern year. California for most yeah. of his career. Yeah, and then you've got, you get a guy like Trevor Bauer who's just that wild personality that can still bring it. I mean, Angel's got to do something. I mean, Trout's like, he's only got so much time left. Signed Matt Chapman, local kid, and that, force, that's another thing force Rendon to just retire. Yeah, yeah Rendon. Will, I hate Rendon. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there, but. Yeah. Uh, it, it, otherwise, the Angels are like the most depressing team in baseball if they don't make oh, they, one of these moves. Yeah, but it sounds like they aren't. They're just ready to just you know rebuild for the next seven years and lose their entire fan base. But um, let's let's go on to something happier then. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, how about some uh, golf? Yeah. So uh, this weekend was the Genesis Open, which a uh, fun fact actually. Uh, my dad used to. Uh, used to do security for it back when it was called the Nissan open uh, years ago. And so he'd always get to take photos with the golfers that won and whatnot, but a uh, local tournament ish, you know, in the LA area. And uh, you know, the big thing about this tournament was Tiger Woods was going to be back in it. His first time in a tournament in a while. And uh, he only made it to about Friday afternoon because he uh, started feeling sick, dizzy and all that stuff. And uh, had a withdrawal and had paramedics come and, you know, take him away, give him an IV and all that fun stuff. And the other notable thing here, uh, Jordan Spieth got disqualified Friday after his round because he signed the wrong player's card. And I don't even know how that happens or what could happen, but it's it's amazing that golf is, you know, it's a strict sport. It's a gentleman's sport. It's a strict sport. And uh, 
They take it very, very seriously. And it doesn't matter who you are. You fuck up and sign the wrong card. You're gone. And that's like, uh, what happened to Jordan Spieth. I mean, I guess from the perspective, it shows he's not really looking at it. You know, he's, yeah, you should I mean, check for your name first, right? Yeah. And then the other uh, notable thing was then the, the guy that uh, won this tournament was uh, Matsuyama, who uh, who won the Masters a few years ago. And the thing about him was uh, he was uh, down by uh, six strokes going into Sunday and shot a course record of 62 on Sunday to win the tournament. And his odds going into Sunday to win the tournament were 125 to 1 because he was so far behind and all that fun stuff. And yeah, he ends up... Uh, Pulling it off and winning the tournament, so uh, good for good for Matsuyama. And yeah, that's, I, I can't. I it's got to feel good when you're that on. Oh yeah, I mean you just get into a, a rhythm, I imagine, and all that fun stuff. And yeah, he uh, he dominated. So good for him winning uh winning uh, this tournament and doing it in very good fashion. Come from behind fashion, course record, and uh, yeah. I mean we don't we don't talk about golf too much, but that's you know been a fun couple stories. You know, you a couple yeah. couple weeks in a row now we've uh informed you guys about some golf. So probably uh, a lot of energy in the Japanese Southern California community right now. Oh yeah. Of, Especially in that area. In the LA County <laughs> yeah. area. Uh-huh. So I'm sure they were happy about that. And uh, there was actually a funny picture I saw on uh Instagram of his caddy, who's a younger guy also, was sitting at the top of the hill watching from the eighteenth green. To see what was going to be happening while, uh, and they got a picture of him doing that while smoking his little like vape pen or whatever, and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, I like the good. story that that came out of spring training today with the Dodgers was uh, they had you know some like you know rookie guy pitch into uh, Otani, he hit like a huge home run, and the guy asked uh, Evan Phillips, one of their you know, better relievers, like some some advice, and he says, "My advice: go get that ball and get him to sign it." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, that's really yeah. funny, actually. Go get that ball and have him sign it. That's that's funny. It's good stuff. Yeah. And well, they uh, they did talk about, too, that uh, the Dodgers, I mean, I'm, speaking of Otani, that the Dodgers open up on Thursday for spring training, but Otani will not be playing, is what I was uh That's fine. He'll have plenty of other, yeah, other games. Exactly. No, I know it's a smart thing, but I'm saying, like, it's just, they're obviously being cautious with him as they, as they should be. All right. Uh, anything else to add? No, I think that'll uh, wrap us up for uh, this episode of sports. Well, you've been listening to episode 364 of the Tony Stick Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Yes, thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later.